Hello there and welcome to the Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. I'm your host, Vidas Pinkavichus. Welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. Uh, today's guests are Francine and uh, Mathieu Latrell who are Canadian organists and choir masters currently sharing duties as co-directors of music for St. Thomas Anglican Church in Belleville, Ontario. Both recitalists in their own right, they are active as soloists as well as duo on the North American scene. The husband and wife team regularly gives joint concerts since 2009. They also share a deep passion for sacred music and liturgy. They serve together at St. Ambrose uh, Episcopal Church in Claremont, uh, California, before coming to Belleville, Ontario, where they live since 2014. In this conversation, I invite you to listen to the -the uh, behind-the-scenes work they do as a duet, and also as soloists, how they practice, how they prepare for public performances, and even how Mathieu recorded his recent uh, CD recording. So join me in welcoming uh, Mathieu and Francine to the show. Thank you so much, Francine and Mathieu, for joining in this conversation. We're finally meeting uh, all three of us, right? Because uh, I think in August uh, we talked uh, just with uh, Francine about uh, her own uh, organ practice and playing uh, experiences. But now you could share your your uh, uh, feedback uh, with the world uh, as a duet, right? Organ duo. Wonderful. and. Um, I'm so excited because Oshra, my wife, and I, we also play f- with four hands and feet, and uh, it will be very exciting to hear your perspective. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Wonderful. So let's start with um, uh, Mathieu, uh, because I didn't, uh, I haven't met him before, right? Uh, Mathieu, uh, do you remember the time when uh, you first... Uh, fell in love with the organ. Can you share this story with us? Yeah, it's when I was a kid, um, my my family was going to church and I was lucky because there was a pipe organ, a small pipe organ, but a, a nice one. And this is how I first encountered the organ. And I also really like uh, choral music and also the mix of organ and choral music together. Wonderful. Uh, what what kind of organ it was? Do you remember what kind of instrument? Yes, it's a small Casavant, um, neoclassical, um, ten stops only. Mm-hmm. But it fills the church quite well. There's a mixture and there's a reed too. So it's a nice little 10-stop organ. Yeah. 
Was the church reverberant uh, with the acoustics or rather dry? Um, medium, I would say. Medium, okay. About one second, right? Or two seconds? Yeah, about mm -hmm. two or three seconds. I have played, I think, just one Casavan in my life. It was in in Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska, where Osha and I were organized there at the Grace Lutheran Church. And I thought that um, this instrument was really nice and um, sounded well in the room. So, what so I guess... So I guess uh, um, Casavan really builds uh, magnificent instruments of various sizes, small, or large, and middle uh, sizes. My instrument was about 30 stops uh, large with two manuals. Mm -hmm. So what about uh, that organ? This organ was in Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln, Nebraska, in uh, Grace Lutheran Church. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I think it was built. We have to look it up, but uh, um, I think it was built in the eighties, nineteen eighties. So, Francine, what was your uh, your uh, first instrument? Do you remember? Um, my very first instrument was the practice organ at the conservatory, okay. <laughs> which was not very interesting. Um, I really have a, a typical uh, path compared to most organists who have encountered the organ at the church. Uh, it was not really the case for me. I played the piano and at the conservatory, some friends introduced me to the organ. So... Mm -hmm. Really, I went to uh, various concerts because my friends were playing. But other than that, um, I did not have a, a typical first encounter with the organ. It was just because some friends um, had me play. I would say that the first instrument I have played was uh, Notre Dame de Grasse Church organ in Montreal. Mm -hmm. And Mathieu actually ended up with that position at some point, but he was not the organist there when I tried it first. Wonderful. So when did you guys meet? Uh, did you meet at the conservatoire or someplace else? Yes, at the conservatoire. Mm -hmm. uh, myself and Osha, we also met uh, at the Academy of Music in Vilnius. And I can still remember the first day uh, I saw her. Do you remember the first day we you met each other? Of course you do. <laughs> well, yes, I do. <laughs> it's, it's not very interesting. Um, so basically there was a mix-up with practice times and I just walked in the, the practice room and asked him <laughs> when he was practicing <laughs> so that I could set my own time. <laughs> uh -huh. And so it began. Good. <laughs> Funny story, but uh, but really, sometimes those coincidences, uh, creative happen, uh, accidents happen, and we suddenly don't want to leave the other person uh, out of sight, right? 
Well, it took it took what over a year before we started dating, really. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, when 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 we just meet that person, it's really hard to predict, right? Sometimes what will happen in the future, but. For some couples, I guess it's love uh, uh, out of first sight, right? Um, it happens. So it's re really interesting, uh, so, uh, Francine and Mathieu, that uh, you're playing as an organ duet. What do you like more now, is playing solo or playing as a duet? I prefer duets. I, I actually feel more comfortable playing duets than playing all by myself but i don't know for matsu i well, <laughs> never asked I, I love both really um, why? why why do you love both equally um like i really like what we could do like with four hands and four feet because we can do like a uh, I would say dancer, polyphony, polyphony, uh, <laughs> and uh, like I've transcribed the Fifth Symphony by Beethoven for um, uh, four hands. Uh huh. Um, I think that would not be as nice for two hands, two feet, as what we're able to do with four hands. Absolutely. And on the other hand, I really like the organ solo repertoire, and I think I would not, well, there would be something missing if I would not play, for example, Bach, uh, Preludes and Fugues. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's a repertoire, really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm more comfortable playing concerts as a duet than as a soloist. Um, I, I prefer playing in public in duets and I love duet work, but it's true that if I never practice solo repertoire, I would miss it as well. Exactly. That's somewhat how Osha and I feel about it too. There is a special joy of playing together, right? Sitting on the same bench, um, making the same mistakes or arguing about that, uh, right? Pointing out mistakes and getting nervous, right? <laughs> that happens. But <laughs> but there is also a joy uh, when when you are playing uh, uh, specifically organ solo organ piece, right? From seven uh, several centuries ago, like a masterpiece by Bach or or other or or Couperin or Clermont or De Grigny, right? Um, it's I think it's it's both. You have to combine both and mix both together. And we I think um, the more you can combine both mediums, the better you are as a as a as a performer in general don't you think yes that's true <laughs> i mean uh organists don't do a lot of chamber music uh, aside from continue if they they would play continue organ um, so that's a, a part that would be missing in in how we are how we're playing if we don't do any 
kind of work with other instrumentalists or singers or uh, just as a duet. When I played the piano, I used to have chamber music sessions. Mm -hmm. That was mandatory, of course. But for organists, um, aside from continual, there's there's not much uh, that's often done, but the possibilities are there. So mm -hmm. I like to play together. Yeah, um, I think uh, you're absolutely correct, uh, uh, Francine, about this. I, I just wanted to ask you, um, um, Mathieu, about uh, uh, what was the most challenging thing for you at the beginning with the organ? I, I remember asking the same question um, Francine a while ago, but uh, it would be interesting to get your perspective uh, about the challenges you encountered early on. Um. Well, I think it was coordination. Mm -hmm. yeah. Coordination between uh, hands and feet, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, because uh, when you play the organ, it's really, it's really tricky to play um, all the polyphonic texture correctly with right hand and uh, left hand combined it's it's tricky enough but when you add both feet uh, into the mixture it's really it's really i think uh, unbeatable task at the beginning for m most people if they don't know how to practice right right so uh, Mathieu, how did you overcome this challenge and gradually did you have to um somehow uh, practice lines separately, pedals alone, hands alone, and then put back everything together gradually? Yes, I did that. And also, at first, uh, my practice time was really limited at the organ itself. So I practiced also a lot on the piano, like playing the pedal part uh, with my left hand uh, in octaves and with my right hand and after playing both my hands uh, the hands uh, part together only at the piano and also playing the bass uh, with the left hand and the left hand with the right hand <laughs> so that's something i did and i remember i learned that uh, my first trio sonata um uh, the the one in d minor and I, I've learned it that way, mainly. <laughs> I see. I see. Did you, did you happen to sing some, sometimes uh, sing each line? Um, no. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it helps uh, when you sing and play at the same time. It's, of course, it's really complex and, and, um, and requires patience. Yeah, that's something Francine does. Really. You do, okay. Tell us more about it, Francine. Mm -hmm. uh, well, there's not much to tell. I mean, I isolate a voice. Of course, I cannot sing several voices at, at once. So I just isolate one voice and I sing that one while I'm playing. Mm -hmm. uh, if the, the repertoire allows for it, it depends on the piece. But for a trio sonata, it's easy to also mute a manual or uh, 
the pedal board and sing that line while I'm playing the other lines. Mm -hmm. I can also play the, the part, but on a mute on a muted manual or the pedal board. So then it's only uh, my internal ear really that acts because then I, I don't have the sound from the organ to help me. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. not all the repertoire that yeah um yeah do you sometimes francine sing one line and play the others like three voices at uh, together um it depends on what's written so i would do it but if uh, there's for instance some uh, a voice that needs to be played with both hands, you know, part in the left and part in the right, and it changes. What I will do is play everything, so so I'm not uh, letting go of what I'm playing, but I will sing one of the voices that I will isolate. Uh, let's say the, the tenor. Uh, it doesn't mean that I won't be playing the tenor. I might be playing all four parts, but singing the tenor. So if I can take out that that voice and it's possible technically uh, then I will but it's not often the case because often it goes between both hands and then it's complicated not to play that one voice mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right you can you can do all kinds of uh, practice techniques to improve not only coordination between hands and feet but also to improve your air training right it's it's a Great polyphonic technique which helps to improve your perfect pitch and um, harmonic hearing too. So, Mathieu, uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now. Uh, well, we're working together um, in a church. Mm -hmm. And, well, that's how we spend most of our time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we, we, we have, uh, well, the services uh, once a week. We have a concert series too. And we, well, we organize all the concerts and we play or conduct the choir for a good part of them. Uh, we have a choral academy for children as well. So that's the, the children's choir mm -hmm. of the church. So we have rehearsals um, five days a week. Uh, the, the children can come to any of the rehearsals. So we have those five rehearsals for children uh, in the week. We have one, uh, it's, it's like a solfege theory class for adults. And then we have a choir rehearsal for adults as well. So already almost all of the afternoons and the evening when, when it's Thursday night are, are taken mm -hmm. with rehearsals. We, we share the practice time. So normally it's not always the case, but normally I practice in the morning and Matthew would practice early in the afternoon. And during that time, the other person would do the administration work Mm -hmm. emails and telephone <laughs> do you usually practice um, at church or at home 
at the church. We at the church. Mm -hmm. Practice mm -hmm. yes, I see. So one one of you would be doing administrative work while another would be practicing, and then you switch, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we always try to keep uh, an hour to practice together. Um, so that would beca become your regular organ duet practice if you practice an hour uh, for four hands and four feet, right? Yes. Uh -huh. um, and uh, you're lucky to have this position because you can really combine your best uh, skills and uh, sit down on the same organ bench at the same time. That really happens, right? Does your congregation go ahead? Uh, for services, sometimes we play together uh, as a duet. Um, mostly, it will be one playing and the other one conducting. Uh, it depends on on the hymn. It depends on uh, the piece. Uh, we also do a lot of a cappella repertoire. So then, one will conduct and the, the other one will be singing with the choir. Uh, but sometimes for preludes and postludes, uh, we also play as a duet. It, it depends on the day. Mm -hmm. How does your congregation appreciate your playing skills, Mathieu? Do, do you feel the support from the congregation? Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, How? Do they tell you uh, after the service they come up to you and say many kind words to you, or you just feel um, an empty room afterwards? No, no. Um, there are some people that stay in the church and, and listen to the postlude. Um, yeah. They applaud after. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So no, I think they. Um, also, they come to the concerts, uh, even organ concerts, and yeah. No, I think we, in general we are appreciated uh, mm -hmm. and supported as as music directors. Mm -hmm. There are always challenges in the work itself, but it's not that we're not appreciated. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we are. I think also when we we've been in the same place for. A long time, um, people get mm -hmm. used to us in, in a way. So, and so it's it's different from when you're just starting. But the payoff and the challenges are not the same. So we've been here for what nearly five years now. Yeah. So in five years, uh, in a way, uh, we always try to to get the program to a higher level so it's not only our playing it's it's everything else it's the activities and it's the involvement the, mm -hmm. the, so the challenges are not the same yeah. they do appreciate it yes and i would add that we're in a small town here so the dynamic is really um different from what we had known in Montreal or Los Angeles. So it's not um, like 
organ recitals is not a common thing. Really, when they happen, it's really an event, a special event. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. When we, when we give an organ recital, um, uh, well, we have to be careful. If we give organ recitals all the time, uh, we, we would lose the audience. But we don't give so many of them, so they are appreciated. Um, I'd say, however, that because we've been here for a while already, uh, for people from our congregation, the, the recital is not as extraordinary as it used to be because they have us every Sunday, right? So it's, it's not as if uh, it was such a special thing because you yeah. know it will happen. Absolutely. When you live uh, in a in an area where organ recitals or even music uh, concerts are not very common, every performance is like a big event festivity for entire community, right? But then, if you do it yeah. too often, people start to take it for granted, right? Yes. So, uh, uh, interesting, uh, Mathieu, what about your priest relationships uh, with, with the clergy? Uh, do you have good relationships uh, with, with your uh, priest? Does he let you do whatever you want creatively? Um, do, here at St. Thomas? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. We have a really good uh, relationship with um, the priest. Um, yeah, he's really open to to um, all our ideas. Um, um, I think we really want to go in the same direction. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that's yeah. that's uh, what's really nice it's uh Father Brad has a good appreciation of the music we're doing um he likes classical music in general but it's not only a matter of liking i think he has the same uh, ideals and philosophy about liturgy and what we happen to have so it's it's a good combination uh now as far as letting us do whatever we want, we can see it like that, but also we never just do whatever we want. We make sure that we always ask and uh, that his views are respected first. So it goes both ways and it's, yeah. it's a very good relationship that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, it has to be both ways usually because um, when a organist is just uh, like a professional right uh, they do whatever they want and uh, maybe sometimes priest uh, feels neglected too right Mathieu yeah I guess it's not the case with you because you kind of feel that uh, you have to listen to whatever another person says right and respect each other 
and uh, he respects you too in return mm -hmm. yes. well maybe i don't know like to start with Mathieu and i work together so we we are already two and we already need to to make sure that we are agreeing with each other so then it's not very difficult because we're so used to it as well to add a third person or a fourth person to whoever needs to be agreed on but if the philosophy would have been different from the get-go mm -hmm. uh, then it would have been difficult but it's, it's quite easy like, because we are classical musicians and like we would not play um i would say like popular music every sunday like we would not stay uh in a position uh where the priest uh wants that you know yeah uh, do, do you have certain differences in tastes Mathieu and francine uh, how do you communicate with each other if you do have differences i think our differences are so slight that it doesn't make a difference mm -hmm. that's true i i we no, sometimes debate is some subjects, but never the music that's being chosen or anything. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. our, our tastes are so similar yeah. that it, it, it mm -hmm. doesn't. Uh, it's good, right? Because then you don't have to fight too much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can find fight, but not uh, uh, because of that. There are plenty of other things to fight about, right? Well, we don't fight, really. No. You don't? No. Everybody does. Over <laughs> <laughs> work, it's rare like, that we would even discuss something. Um, maybe it's because we've been doing it for a long time together, but I think sometimes we don't even need to say what we want. We just know. In a way, like oh. once, I think. Telepathy. Mm -hmm. Do you have telepathic gifts with one another? Probably. <laughs> Probably. I think things that develop over time. <laughs> Sometimes it happens to me too. For example, I'm thinking about Osha and I'm writing a text message to her. And she will be expecting that message, you know. Do you have that the same situation sometimes? Oh, well, we don't have a cell phone, so we don't text. <laughs> but, uh, no, I think it's it's just a matter of being together for a long time, so we we know each other's tastes and desires for so far as work goes. It's it's not very difficult. Mm -hmm. How how long have you been? Uh, since 1997 so that's 21. that's 21 mm -hmm. what about you no it was like 2006 so that's 12 okay that's long enough to 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 be, become boring to one another right and you manage to avoid that i think very well 
keep interested in each other. Um, I think uh, sharing a common passion uh, like uh, for the organ is one of the keys to, to a great relationship, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, okay, you, you seem to to take this organ uh, interest in each other, you know, like very natural thing. But imagine, Im- just for a second, imagine that one of you would be not an organist or let's say, let's say a, um, let's say chemist, okay? What about then? Well, I, I don't know. Sometimes I have fantasies that I'm actually a scientist and not a musician. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's funny because I've had this conversation with um, some some young member at our church. And I think that is, it's just different. Uh, so we, we do share this passion and we do share our work. At the same time, we are always together. So we always know what the other person is doing. We always know what the other person's day has been like. But if we were a couple with a different uh, with different jobs then it probably would look like most people's life so we would go uh, in the morning to our jobs and then when we come back home in the evening we tell our day and we share our day so then the challenges are different uh, because we don't have the the common passion in, in a way but I think that also um, one of the challenges that we can face is that we are always together. So there's, there's nothing new in a way to, to discover, to share. So I think it's just a, a matter of balance, but I don't know. Uh, I've, I've never. Really... Mathieu, tell us your version. <laughs> <laughs> Francine, are you are you kicking his foot under the 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 table? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Good. Well, I only have been with Francine, so I I I don't know how it it could be like with um, somebody else who is not uh, organist or even musician, but. Yeah, I, I can imagine that it would be it's so different world that it can be difficult for other people with, uh, let's say, with a normal uh, schedule, uh, like people for people working from nine to five or something like that to mm-hmm. to understand. How is our life? Um, well, we get that in our families too. I mean, yeah. standard families. Um, sometimes it's hard to explain our jobs. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Uh, you're right. Uh, I just, uh, I just uh, happen to think that sometimes this uh, being together at this all the time, right? Every day uh, at work together as a couple. It's not a bad thing. Sometimes you, you can support each other and feel each other so much, right? Uh, 
like uh, with OSHA, we we do also work at the same school. Okay. And uh, although I might wonder uh, wonder to um, to church sometimes uh, more often than she does, but uh, pretty much we're also together all the time. So then then as you say we also feel each other very well and uh, we can support each other uh, and still there is so much to share right it's not like like you are just one person and you can instantly know what the other person is is thinking right uh, sometimes you do but um, at other times you have to ask right yes i, I think uh, it depends on, on the people, I guess. Uh, I've ever only been with Matsur, so uh, I don't know. But I think some people, um, I often hear that from acquaintances that they, they would say, oh, well, you know, you, you don't, don't you get on each other's nerves? Well, we don't, but I guess some people sometimes they, they need to have their own experience and then share it afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if that happens, sometimes it 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 can happen to a lot of people, right? Uh, if they are together all the time, it gets um, I don't know boring after after some years. So then, what what you could you not you but anybody can do in in such a situation is to take uh, take up other passions, other interests, other hobbies, perhaps. And, uh, and then nothing will be the same uh, uh, all, the, all day long. You can share uh, what you learned uh, to, to your spouse uh, this way because it will be different, right? And your spouse might, might take up uh, some other hobby that it's not music-related at all. And then, uh, you know, husband would, uh, let's say, ask things, how did this go? And uh, another topic for conversation during dinner is uh, well prepared. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, we do like different sports. Uh-huh. does uh, ballet. Uh-huh. And I do a CrossFit. So <laughs> that's like a time during the week that we're not together. <laughs> yeah. Good. It's it's great to stay active, right? Because uh, you sit down on the bench all day long, or or in the office doing administrative work. It's not so good for your body, right? You have to move constantly, be moving. And ballet, oh, so much moving in ballet, right? Yeah, so for I, I started. I, I dance uh, younger too, so that's why kept dancing but uh, of course uh, it, it, it would be harder if I had just started as a beginner right now I, I'm lucky because I, I started dancing when I was 13 so I I still I still have a shape to do it because mm -hmm. I, I kept dancing I see what about you Mathieu did you did you always um, were interested in in sports besides organ, or was it a recent discovery for you? Uh, it's recent. Mm -hmm. um, like I started CrossFit like uh, three months ago. Um, yeah, I I really felt I 
needed to move more and to be more active. And I really, really like it. So I'm planning on continuing that. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's not only uh, um, I think about movement and enjoying the motion, but also about teamwork, right? About the friendship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a different environment for for me because otherwise we're always at church and it's always the same community. So that way I I need different I, I meet new people, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you can tell everything about it to Francine. Yeah. Yes. Well, he, he does um, some training in the morning. So when he comes to church to work after he's done his training, normally it's lunchtime. So then he shares about his training over lunchtime. Oh, good. Good. Um, um, so now I'm really interested to know what are you up to in the current, in the not too distant future, let's say, in the upcoming summer? Do you have plans um, for your performances? Um, not really in the summer, but we would like to uh, perform like the, the symphony I've transcribed for like a, a summer organ recital that. Apart from that, um, we have concerts uh, planned in the fall. And we would like to travel a little bit. And also I'm trying to uh, sell my CDs because I, I produced my first uh, CD. Okay. Yeah. How did you record it? Did, did you record it yourself or somebody else did it for you? No, I did it myself. Since I, I knew how to record myself and I had taken a class at the conservatory, um, so I had the experience of that, but I purchased um, better equipment. Uh huh. Yeah. What kind of microphone do you use? Mm. Um, it's uh, Omni, it's uh, Sennheiser. Yeah, it's a um, mic with a very lame, uh, ra large range. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it can cover like uh, 30, uh, 32 foot um, brands. Excellent. That most um, microphones cannot do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. uh, Where do you place your microphones in the church? Uh, do you use just one microphone or several? I use two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I place it um, quite far from the organ. Like I want to, to, to hear the acoustic uh -huh. of the church too. Mm-hmm. The reverb, yeah. Uh -huh. So just like a listener would hear. Yes, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Interesting concept. Um, sometimes they put uh, microphones quite next, quite near to the pipes, in order yeah. to avoid uh, too big reverberation, right? Yeah. 
but in your case, it's the opposite, right? You want the the CD to have an experiment experience of a of a listener too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, uh, well, we he uses only two, but if we had three, we could always place uh, three or four. We could always place a pair closer and a pair further away, and then mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we only have two, so the, the choice is easily made. Yeah. Do you have uh, issues uh, when recording uh, yourself with silence? Do you have to go into the church in the middle of the night? Yeah, well, I've recorded the CD um, during the evening, so mm-hmm. like between um, 6 and 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was not here. It was not here at this church. It was a, another Montreal. church in Montreal. Montreal, okay. So it was rather silent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apart from <laughs> there was a, a snow storm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So well it was rather silent because <laughs> of the snowstorm. Yeah. Uh-huh. No cars. <laughs> but sometimes um there were trucks mm-hmm. to remove the snow, but it it was not too bad, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here, um, here we record sometimes uh, on Sunday afternoons. It's there's not much going around, so it's it's a good time to record as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can never have perfect silence in no. a studio. So I've used uh, software to remove some of the background noise uh-huh is it uh, is it uh, reliable enough to 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 take this sample of the background noise and uh, um, clean it up or or sometimes it doesn't work well it, it's really really good but you can't uh, remove everything you have to let a little bit of of noise Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it creates artifacts, so the the sound quality is not good. So, well, that's it. We we record in in a church, and which is not like a studio. So there's always some some sound, some noise in the background, and we have to deal with that and. Our recordings will contain some some background noise, and there's nothing we can do. We can we can't remove everything. Plus the harmonics, right? So if if uh, let's say there's a truck going by and you remove the truck, but if you remove the truck, there's there might be some harmonics from some higher the, harmonics from the truck that are also in the organ. So if you yeah. remove everything from the truck, then you're stuck because you also remove from the organ. Yeah. Do you like to record uh, live when performing uh, a recital? I don't. <laughs> because for me, it's like just uh, an additional pressure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Francine? I don't think I would li- like it much either. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't, I don't know if it would be additional pressure or it's just the same pressure no matter what. Um, I guess I don't mind if I have the control on what's going on afterwards. Mm -hmm. But sometimes uh, if, if it's just, let's say, somebody who records on their phone, then I don't know what's going out, what's on YouTube. Uh, then it's a little bit more embarrassing because uh, a live performance is, is meant to to disappear. Uh, it's it's something that is not the same product than a recording. A recording stays, and we expect more of a recording in a way. But for a live performance, I mean, I don't mind if it's recorded so long as uh, but I know what's going out afterwards. But sometimes uh, you, you can't really have control over that. And people will record and then just right. on the internet. Uh, that's, that's a little bit more embarrassing, I, I guess. Yeah. Then it adds pressure because you feel you have to perform very well in, in case uh, somebody puts it out and it stays. It's not something that just vanishes over time. Uh, Mathieu, do you record in sections or a larger episodes yourself? Uh, in larger um, sequences, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, he plays the entire piece. The entire piece, right. Uh -huh. So you, may, you perhaps do several takes then? Oh, yes. I... Mm -hmm. Like, even here at St. Thomas, I record myself every week. And I record the piece until I get a couple of, of um, versions that I like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he can record the same piece uh, 16, 17 times. Uh, so let's talk, uh, Mathieu, about that actual recording. Um, do you remember the kind of program you played? Can you tell us a little bit about it? For the CD? Yes. Okay. I've recorded music um, from the French organ school of the beginning of the 20th century. Mm -hmm. So that includes... Uh, Vidor, uh, Dupré, and their students, uh, Duruflet, uh, Fleury, Boulanger, um, Jean-Alain, Charles Tournemir. Sounds very exciting program uh, and, uh, and quite probably suitable for that instrument, right? What kind of instrument did you play? It was a, a large casavant mm -hmm. that has been uh, rebuilt uh, about a decade ago. And it's, it has really nice foundation stops and also a nice uh, trompette en chamade. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a four manual organ. Did you have an assistant uh, or did you change the stops yourself? No, uh, since the time was really limited and since I had to pay like for each hour, uh -huh. I thought it would be easier to have a, 
Nasa's turn. I was me. So it was Francine. <laughs> Not surprising. <laughs> and what, what's nice on, on that organ is that there's a sequencer. Uh -huh. So I programmed the sequencer like over 200 steps. So that's all I did in the, uh, during the first night, the first four hours. I I planned the, uh, registrations. the registrations. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Uh, so you, did you prepare uh, in advance your registrations or? Um, yeah, I made a plan in advance. Uh -huh. In order to save time, yeah, it but helps. I always make a plan, even when I give concerts, like to save on practice time and to have the more time to spend on the music only. It's good. It's good. It's an issue, right? Like you, you come to this place and there's open. A stop that doesn't sound like you predicted, uh, something that doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, so, or a funeral that will uh, reduce our practice time. Well, there's that, but I <laughs> or, mean, just technical issues. Yeah. So, to have a plan helps because if we come with no plan and then we have to deal with that on top of it, it's uh, then it can take several hours. But if if we have a plan, then we can just modify the plan and it's it's mm -hmm. easier. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit both, uh, Francine and Mathieu, how much time do you need um, to adjust on the unfamiliar instrument? As a duet or? As a solo, soloist. A couple of hours more? It on the instrument. Yeah. The more similar it is to something that we have in our memory bank, the easier it is um, sometimes if all of a sudden I have to deal with a, a straight pedal board uh, that I have not played for years uh, it will take a while before I, I adjust so I guess uh, a few hours but then I, I'd, I'd rather have several hours uh, just to make sure I'm comfortable mm -hmm. um, if the, sometimes the keys are very narrow or very large, um, that makes a difference. But if it's more or less standard, it's, um, it depends on what I'm playing, of course, but it's, yeah. I'd say after two hours, I'd feel comfortable enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about you, Mathieu? Um. Well, I like to have to take my time and really practice uh, at least two days on an instrument before giving a concert. Um, more is better. Well, so yeah. that's that's obviously it's the same for me. I, I'd rather have two days or three days if I can. But as mm. just as feeling comfortable on the instrument i'd say it takes a couple of hours but it's obvious that for a performance uh, we'd rather have more than a couple of hours yeah you need more time to really enjoy it yeah. yes. i would say like francine it depends on the console and for example like 
if we play um, Casava organ from the uh, 19, around 1910. So the consoles are really similar between each other. So it's not a problem. But if I play something I really not accustomed to play, like I would say an, a Baroque organ in Europe, that's really, that would be really unfamiliar for me. So it would mm -hmm. require uh, more time. I don't think that's the same for Mathieu. Uh, for for me, sometimes it's the sound as well. So the way it sounds or what will be more prominent, uh, you know how on some consoles uh, you play and really what you hear is not what uh, the audience would hear uh, because you're closer to one or the other division. Um, if the positive is, is in my back, which I have not played for over a decade now, uh, an organ like that, it, then it's unsettling where the sound comes from. So I sometimes need a little bit of time, time to adjust to uh, where the sound is for me. But I don't know if it's the same for myself. No, not really for me. For me, it's really the, like the shape of the console. Um, there are so many parameters, uh, like the, the size of the keys and the space between the black keys and also the, the space between the pedal board and the first manual and where the swell box is. And there are so many parameters. That's true. I, I think for the sound, um... I might be more sensitive to to how it sounds and um, less for visual parameters. But I remember um, I gave this uh, noon hour recital in Los Angeles and the, the console was movable. So when I practiced, the console was in a certain place. And then I didn't know that. But for the concert, they had moved the console elsewhere. And when I played for a concert, it was as if I was playing that organ for the first time. It was so unsettling. I felt so uncomfortable. <laughs> now I always inquire if they're going to move the yeah. console or not. I find that unsettling too. I had the same experience too. Mm -hmm. oh, for him, it's the visual. Yeah. But for me, it's how it sounds that makes the entire difference. Mm -hmm. Um, I can share uh, the same the same feeling that uh, Francine is also uh, feeling about about the position of the console. Um, in during the rehearsal, it's so important to to sit at the at the exact spot where where you will be performing. I think. And it doesn't seem like a big deal at first, especially if you haven't done this before, right? If you are sort of uh, free-spirited and uh, easygoing and uh, everything will be fine uh, character, right? And then after your rehearsal, they move the council to the middle of the stage and then suddenly you feel like, like, a, like a cow on a frozen lake. 
but maybe for some people there's this is not a problem like we had a guest organist in our concert series and he just sit on the organ and plays like he he did not adjust the bench the height of the bench or where the bench is placed at all he, he just he just sat, sat where the bench was <laughs> who was that david briggs <laughs> of course <laughs> But I don't even know if he rehearsed because it depends on who played it last match. And I don't place the bench in the same position when we play solo. So I don't know if he's actually practiced on, I don't know, my position or Matsu's position and the concert was the same or not. I, I have no clue. I can't remember who played it last before each of his sessions on the organ. People like David, of course, they have... Uh tried and played probably hundreds of different instruments or even thousands sometimes so imagine yourself um, being able to play or or to drive hundreds or thousands of cars right let's say so after 500 it doesn't make any difference to you if it's a lamborghini or ferrari yeah. <laughs> or old mercedes benz because then you build a a larger memory bank everything yeah. you play resembles something else that you have already played so it's easier yeah. and even if you haven't uh, played a similar instrument you kind of uh, dealing uh, uh, better with the factor of the unknown i think after a while well i was so surprised for david briggs because we use um, a really high bench and i have especially high heels uh-huh well, I, I really play higher than normal, <laughs> so I, I was really surprised that he did not change the height of the bench at all. <laughs> but he's taller than us as well, so... <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, uh, well, I think you will reach that level also when you will be at the, at the age of uh, David Briggs. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you guys for this amazing and amusing, let me say, conversation. I'm so happy for you that you've been together for 12 years. And I wish you, you know, many, many decades together as a musician and as, as a couple uh, and as a, you know, as a people, as people feeling each other. And of course, this summer, we master that symphony that, that Mathieu has transcribed and share it with, with at least your congregation or even wider audience. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, uh, um, uh, uh, when when you record uh, another set of CDs, let me know. We, we can meet again. Okay. All right. Before we part our ways, uh, can you tell our listeners where they could uh, reach you online? Uh, maybe give us some links they could click and visit and listen to your playing. We have a, we have a website. So www.duo Bergule, so that would be D-O-D-U-O-P-E-R-G-U-L-A-E.com. Uh, -E -E That's uh, our US website. Uh, <coughs> we're both accessible on Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, 
there, Metsu has a, well, we both have a, a YouTube uh, channel as well. That's it. Yeah. Well, Google Plus. Excellent. Thank you guys one more time. I'm so delighted we met. I hope you have a wonderful summer uh, performing uh, uh, symphony arrangement that uh, Mathieu has uh, created. And I hope you will be performing uh, uh, across the Atlantic too and in other continents. Thank Thanks. you. If you liked this conversation, I encourage you to visit my blog Secrets of Organ Playing at organduo.lt where you will find lots of insights, practical advice and training for every area of organ playing. You can subscribe to this blog for free to get your daily dose of inspiration and to be the first to know when any of my future podcasts roll out. I hope to help you reach your dreams in organ playing. I'm Vida Spinkavitus, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you online 